Welcome to I Heart B Movies. Hello and welcome to I Heart B Movies, the podcast that specializes in discussing B movies of all genres from 80s, 90s, today. And of course, we sprinkle some A grades in there just to mix things up. I'm your host, Evan Pashalis, and finally back online after some minor technical difficulties, I guess. Uh, but nothing's going to stop this podcast. Anywho, welcome back. Be sure to subscribe, follow, share, like, whatever the functionality is on your phone. Just click it. Don't we have a treat for you? Today, we have two special guests from the new Predator prequel, Prey. There's something out there. I've never seen anything like it. I'm not frightened by a bear. It's not a bear. You think you're ready? Pray. That is currently streaming on Hulu. Be sure to check it out and warning spoilers ahead so pause listen or you know what if you don't care about spoilers just listen to this so how exciting is this we have big beard also known as mike patterson and Raphael, also known as bennett taylor welcome gents there we go hey welcome to I was, movies <laughs> let's read I was just curious. <laughs> and then his manager's like yeah we'll we'll get back to you we'll let you know and i'm thinking is that because of the B movie that contributed to that? I don't know. So regarding yeah, no. this movie, man, like how did you guys get casted for the role? How did it come on your radar? I auditioned in this very room in the basement of my house because of um because of uh the pandemic, everybody was locked down. So like we were all doing our auditions over uh virtual, over Zoom, like we're doing this, you know. Yeah. So like all of a sudden I, an audition came in for a movie called Skulls. And um it was a, for a character named Big Beard who might speak French or might speak English. So I spoke both. And I actually live in Quebec, which is kind of the French area of, of Canada. And I speak French. So I spoke some French. But I knew it was Predator because it said there's something in the woods. We can't see it. Uh, there's green blood. Yeah. I'm like, this is Predator. This is predator. The green blood, right? That gave it away. My wife does all my auditions with me and is reader and she has a lot to say and she's always, oh, it's too much. Oh, your eyes are too crazy. Don't do it. Crazy eyes, crazy eyes. And I was like, Monica, don't say anything because I'm going to go full crazy eyes. I'm going to go full wrestler. And she's like, don't act like a wrestler. And I'm like, no, 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 Shh. I'm acting like a wrestler. And then she let me, this is like the one audition that I was like, don't say a word. <laughs> like, and it was just crazy. It was just an insane Pretty much what I did, but I was a lot more full of rage. Yeah, in right. The movie, but it was rage that hides fear because I didn't want anybody to know that I had such a tenuous grasp on my 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 phalanx of of trappers. Yeah, right. How about yourself, better? Well, so yeah, same thing. It was the pandemic. Um, yeah, it's probably the second wave or so around then. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd moved in with my girlfriend at this point, so I uh, dedicated taping partner. Uh, yeah. And so we, I just actually watched the Han Solo movie. And it, in a funny way, a lot of people bag on this movie, but in a funny way, it was like a, the classic adventure. I hadn't seen the Star Wars movie in so long. And I watched the movie and I saw Han Solo and I said, damn, it would be so cool to be in a movie like this. So cool. I watched it with my father. I went home. And I just got this audition and this audition came at a time where I was really in a kind of a depression. Uh, my grandmother had passed away and unfortunately, and sh she lives in, she lives in Montreal. She lived in Montreal. And so I couldn't be there due to the pandemic to come visit. I, I wasn't able to uh, come visit in time. Me and my girlfriend had just moved in. Um, so after watching this movie, I, I was inspired. I was like, okay, I'm going to really put in a lot of effort into this audition. And it was an audition where I had to, because he was Italian, but they wanted the, the scene in both English and French, which you did both in English and French, yes. right? Yeah. So I I'm uh I grew up, I, I was born in, in Montreal and moved to Vancouver. I grew up speaking French at school. 
so I, I have a good grasp on the language. So I was able to do that, but I had to do it with an Italian accent because I, I was like, oh, it wouldn't make sense if he's speaking like this guy is probably new to French. So I, I, I added the Italian accent. How could you give me an example, right, of how would you say something in French and then with an Italian spin on it? Oui, c'est comme la 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 real la réalité de langue uh, italienne français. C'est que uh, on, on parle avec uh, nos mains tout le temps. Tu connais, tu parles avec tes mains aussi. C'est que juste comme ça, c'est un peu stéréotypical. Donc uh, j'ai comme uh, I, I I tamped it down a like, little like bit. Like a like a Dracula. It was like a little bit more refined and like uh, small, but with Italian mannerisms. So I did that and nobody, I don't think I auditioned with had thought to do that. And um, so there was, and also I would like had facial hair. My hair was like this through the pandemic. So it was kind you of a perfect, pop. I looked the part at the time. It was really good. It was well. I started growing a big beard during the pandemic, and also I've been growing a big beard because I um I learned something in my acting school. One not from the teachers, one of the other um guy. This guy Nick Caviola grew a big beard over the summer and came back to school with a big beard. And I wanted to play Autolycus, the the clown, and as you like it. Or in some in some I, I think it was I can't remember which one. No, it was Winter's Tale, the one that we were just looking oh, at. Yeah. And we I wanted to play a clown and I got the romantic lead because he got the clown because he had a big beard. And he said, Mike, this is called acting through the manipulation of facial hair. Okay. This is and then he got the role. And since then, I sometimes change like I have like big sideburns or like, you know, like a mustache if I want to look like Ron Jeremy or something. And then uh, I just started having a big beard and I, I wanted to look like a shitty wizard. Like, it's my plan. Like, if I look like a wizard that's on a wall, like, no one will pass. No one. Will. And then, like, a, a dragon could eat me. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that guy, yeah. I wanted to look like an old-timey prospector or something that gets killed early in the movie. And then I I was the guy who was killing people. It was pretty <laughs> cool. I was not expecting that. <laughs> that's yeah. such a that was <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping to get like a time travel movie and get killed as as like Keanu Reeves or somebody else did more time travel stuff. Wow. But, but you just had to settle with the intellectic alien coming in. Yeah. It was amazing. I was, was, just, I was uh, just depressed. You have a <laughs> <laughs> I have a more I have children, so like my life, I don't have the I don't have the ability to be right. depressed. Right. Yeah. How old are your kids? My kids are five and one. Okay, so they're a little bit young to <laughs> just to watch Predator. Yeah, we can't. We we. Oh my god! I'm in a I'm in a video game called I'm in a video game called Escape from Savage Planet. In that, I play like a really crappy martial arts guy that travels around, and it's like me that appears on your screen and talks to you. Yeah. And the whole time, I'm always like kicking something or punching a vase or like somebody holds out a like a glass like a beautiful vase and i like give it like a really bad punch like yeah you know and at one point i kick a cat and it was just <laughs> so funny like it's, a, it's just like a cgi cat that i give like a really low roundhouse kick and i remember my daughter watching that with me i was like oh new stuff came in let's go let's see what this thing is and then it's me kicking a cat and then she's like, but daddy, the cat's okay. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not ever watching anything I do with her ever again. <laughs> so I don't think she's going to see uh, Prey until she's at least like 14, hopefully. You can't even watch Moana without like freaking out. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's fine. My daughter's eight. And this morning I was telling her like, about the podcast and I'm interviewing you both. And she's like, oh, can I see it? I go, okay, I'll show you the trailer. Um, let's put it this way. I'm not going to win Father of the Year, um, it, it, to be fair, because like she, she, she walked away. She's like, Dad, I shouldn't have watched this. I'm like, yeah, it's a bit scary, isn't it? It's like, yeah. The bear uh, is yeah. scary. The bear is scary enough. And then the bear just gets smoked. <laughs> I know. It's covered. In the actual movie, Bear versus Predator was one of my favorite parts. I just yeah. I was just drenched in blood afterwards just just yeah. like a horror in its own right what did you guys do for for preparing for the role on set do you guys mean go to a boot camp did you have to do like train with musket God. 
<laughs> well, we we made friends. Four of us were like four trappers. The guy that plays yeah. uh, we, wax mustache. We were there for three months in Calgary, yeah. so we had a lot of time to bond. So we had a lot of time to bond, and then uh, one of us had a car, and then uh, Nelson would drive us to like say like a mountain or uh, like a little hiking thing, and then we'd hike and get to know each other. Sometimes we drink wine. Some of us liked yeah. wine. Uh, and the, but the, it was mostly for the character, um, you know what I mean? Because French trappers drank a lot of wine, right? Yeah. So like we, did, but we went like we, and we also like, um, you know, we fooled around. We got to do musket training. Yeah, uh, we got to do musket training one day. That was cool. Just, Bennett had the gun. I got to shoot the. Well, I'll tell you, the original flintlock pistol was lost. Like the one you see in the the second Predator movie yep. was apparently. This is what I heard from the props guy. Thrown in a prop truck and then never seen again. Oh, God. So we still don't know where that one is. If anybody has any leads. I'd love well, to hear. well yeah, let us know on that. They had other ones that he ended up buying like four or yeah. six of them. They, we actually used the replicas that De yeah. uh, uh, Denix? Dan Denix? Yeah. Denix is the prop company, I believe, that made okay. the original replica. Cool. Yeah. And did you guys use real ammunition to, to, to get the recoil or was it all gunpowder with uh with um with no ball in it, right? So like yep. they'd have flash paper and gunpowder. So like basically you pour it down and then you push it into the barrel, you pull it, and then you also have to put uh gunpowder on the side for the flintlock to hit. So you pull the trigger, then a flash goes off on the side. Then a flash goes off inside the barrel of the gun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know because I got like smoked a couple of times because some of the stunties had their like their their muzzle pack, their flintlock, like right in my face, and then like I would just go like spat, and I just be like, oh, they'd be like, oh, sorry, bro. Nah, I got yeah. the beard. It all went to the beard. <laughs> but to answer your question, we spent a lot of time. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with the trapper guys, and of course with the rest of the cast. But we spent a lot of time, especially with the trapper guys, because we were like going to get COVID tested at the same time. All our scenes are in the same window of time. Yeah. Um, and we were like a bubble for weather cover. So like if ever there was any problem with weather, they could just shoot trapper scenes. But the weather was quite beautiful. Even so much that once we had like massive battles, um, forest fires started in yeah. like the Alberta area. So like they had like massive fans just pushing smoke and like, like fake fire, fake stuff. But meanwhile, uh, all of Calgary was like covered in smoke from yeah, like from British Columbia, from British Columbia yeah. forest fire. The movie was like, yes, uh, because... like to give you an idea, like I would yeah. look outside window of my twenty um, third, of like I was on the twenty third floor, and I couldn't see the building across from our just because the smoke is so thick. So in thick, the air. yeah. That final battle scene. Or the showdown with the with the predator was that burnt that area? It was painted. The, yeah, they erected burnt trees, fake burnt trees. Oh, yeah, right. And steel and like, cause like, there's such a wildfire risk that they couldn't do it. So they basically had painters painting wood chips and wood trees, and and they just made like this awesome like. It was called the burnt glade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like. Basically, you and I got dropped off. We hung up with the painter. And it was outside, too. So it was in a real actual glade that they mocked up to look burnt. And then they would create a wall of smoke with the fog machines that yeah. would come in. So when you see the predator kind of, he's like back, he's like yeah. back. Like that's during one of those wall of smoke moments that they would create. Yeah, wow. And they had like a ton of lights out there and like just a ton of gear. And it was, it was, yeah, incredible. It's a really big movie. It was amazing, especially those night shots. It was so crystal clear, the beautiful lighting. I'm assuming a lot of those scenes were filmed at night as well. Yeah, um, they had night shoots. I heard the um, the like people who played the main uh, protagonist group of uh, First Nations were out all night up until like they would leave at six and show up at like four or five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, long when grueling I days. LA, yeah, cruel. I, I did some. I did a week of reshoots in Hollywood, and it was like in uh, February of Canadian winter. So there was like yeah. fourteen inches and fourteen centimeters of snow, and then uh, I got to go to LA, but for night shoots. But I spent all day in the hot tub and pool, so I'd get there and I was pink. 
And they'll be like, ah, oh, Big Beard's pink. And I'm like, you got makeup. It's okay. Touch me over. Because I'm mostly covered in blood and black. Yeah, you are. It's So talking about your characters, did you guys draw to a fictional character to bring that inspiration? Well, for me, I... Uh... I immediately looked up Raphael Adelini once I figured out who he was. Yeah. And I discovered the comic, the 1715 comic. Oh, no with, way. Have you, have you read that comic? No. So it's a, it's a comic depicting Raphael as a pirate captain and the origin story of how the flintlock pistol comes to Greyback. Uh, and so he is mutinied. There's a mutiny because he is a devout Catholic. He chooses to to uh, return a certain um, uh, like a bunch of jewels that were like Catholic in origin or something like that. And the crew rebels against them. There's a big fight with him and the crew. The predator noticing the battle is drawn by the battle. He shows up and they fight back to back at one point. Um, and then right as the predator turns to to do his climactic fight with Raphael, like he he is being he gets shot from the bushes by one of his uh, crew members so the predator you know kills that guy yeah. and then uh rafael turns to him uh dying and says take it to to uh grayback and so he gives him the gun right and so that is the, the origin in comic form canon of what happened so i i drew as much as i could from that character that we see yeah. um i i found he's a, a a pirate very flamboyant very um and it came all, it came all, it worked with the costume I was given as well. I had a lot of, yeah, I had earrings and a bunch of straps and all sorts of bags and, and uh, shells and stuff like that. So I, I took as much as I could, honestly. Yeah. I even tried to add the take it line in there, but unfortunately it was cut. It was cut, yeah. right, right. What did you see? I speak a lot of languages. You should be helping us. I think this creature is a hunter looking for the strongest beast. What do you know? I wanted to wear the predator like a coat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm a trapper. What does what do trappers do? They make coats. Yeah. So my whole thing was, I don't care how many people have to die. I want a shiny alien jacket, and I can get rid of this bear jacket and have a brand new jacket. <laughs> um, that was my whole. And at a certain point, I said, "Shush, my little And then I hear, "What did you like?" So a lot of the people didn't speak French. And they're like, what did you say, Mike? And I said, go get me my jacket. <laughs> and like, Why are you saying that? I'm like, Big Beard wants to wear the Predator like a coat. And then uh, the first assistant director had to call that in. And then you kind of hear like some laughter from the forest. Because there's like just crew everywhere. Yeah. And then um, the first AD has to pause and just be like, all right, carry on, Mike. And I was like, okay. All right. Did that did that make it in? Did you, did you notice it make it in? I don't think it made it in. Uh, but the I talked to the writer when I was yeah. in LA for reshoots, and he was very happy about that. Oh, so that's the thing. Like the version we watched didn't have it had the subtitles when you spoke French, but it was in French. It wasn't in English. Oh, awesome. Wow. So we had no idea. Like seen this movie. And I, I I feel strongly about this. I I really feel that the movie should have just been in Comanche and French. Agree. And you you should have just been watching a slice of life and go like, what's happening? But it's it's because it's also like mime and like I'm I studied clown, I studied mime. So like I was trying to appear like a alien, like you know when you see the sand people in Star Wars where yeah. they're just like ah, ah, ah. like I wanted it to be the first time the Comanches ever saw uh, like, you know, a European, like what is this alien creature? So I wanted to be as alien in my yeah. movement and action 
and speaking as the predator was. One of those things where it, it could definitely have worked. I mean, you take the Predator out. The story on its own was amazing. It oh, was yeah. such a beautiful story. And part of me wishes it was like a TV show. Is there talk of a a sequel? Or, or was there talk of a show at some stage? A, spo- a spoiler alert. We don't we don't survive. It's I a don't... Predator. <laughs> oh, God, you, you can't survive. Maybe, maybe there's a prequel to this. Prequel ah! to the original. Who knows, right? I would love a Raphael Italini story and how I met you and sure. all that stuff. Would and like an origin. It? Hulu, are you guys yeah. listening? <laughs> yeah. And I think the fans would really like that. I think a lot of fans were a little miffed at the the tossing aside of the comic canon. But I mean, I feel like this new... But who cares about the comic canon? It's not actually it's what it is. It's, it, it, it's finding out what Danny Glover found in that, in that, in that, in that ship. Yeah. And I believe like, so since Danny Glover receives it from the Predators themselves, I heard a lot of theories online and I want to share this theory with you. Yeah. I loved it. In the, uh, in the end of credit sequence, you see the Predator ships kind of, did you notice that part? Yes. Evan? Right. So, so either, yeah, it's a sequel, but in our movie. Yeah. You didn't see this at the very end. No. no. So, so at the very end you see in the pictographic form, um, oh yes you see the ships kind of close in like they they say oh they look to the side and the ships start coming in and so a lot of people online are saying that so the, the yaucha are an honorable race right and so they uh they they know since the predator has been defeated that he uh that they have to come in and remove the body mm-hmm. and all of the the gear right from this earth setting i guess not to interfere with earth's evolution or i have no idea um but this is a a thing they have done before so they come to they remove the body and they would deliver a trophy to the person who killed the predator just like they did in the second movie and so then some exchange may have happened um where the yaucha received the pistol from the amber's comanche tribe yeah, so that's that's I think would be an interesting. I've never heard that theory. Yeah, you, you haven't heard that theory? No. Yeah, I, so I it was a trade, but I also think that they 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 honor the bat. They're so honorable through the battle that they don't they wouldn't mess with somebody who has defeated the Yaucha in combat. Yeah, right. It's it's not out of they don't go seeking revenge or justice or anything like that. So no, there would be a sequel. It would just be like Yaucha and Naru exchanging gifts. I think I think that's so, what. So it's like a Christmas movie. I, I I'm all for it. Yeah, it doesn't sound <laughs> like a real gifts. predator movie. You want to have like something invisible attacking and killing people. Yeah, I like to think is this Yaucha that we see in the movie as a young uh, predator trying to prove himself. Yeah. Um, and he goes down and just is he's literally focused, so focused on one thing the whole entire movie, and it, I feel like the reason would be to prove himself. It's like a battle of. Uh, you know, becoming of age for this Yaucha and uh, is just, you know, vested because of his ego. I feel and, like this very egotistical Yaucha, like he cloaks when he's losing, you yeah. know? Right. Yeah, he's narcissistic or I don't know. I, I get the sense of that. And, what do you and think? The, I've got that feeling as well in the sense that he, he used his tech when it best suited him, when he felt a bit kind of challenged. He didn't really have to go to that that extent. He could have just like just taken it on a mono mono. But with the, the ship dropping him off, was that autopilot? Was that a drone? Was it another species or right. family? So that's in the very beginning, right? Yeah. The ship, his ship comes out of the mothership, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I believe that maybe he went off. He said, okay, now I'm going to go prove myself. Go Goes to Earth. Well, that's what always happens, right? But the predator, yeah, the predator like has like a mothership, and then they bring a ship down to drop you off. Then you can go back to the mothership. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I think they leave that ship, or it always drops them off, and and they nick off because this one you clearly see. But I don't know if you see him. And so the the Yaucha knows that he's there, and then when he dies, they go to collect him. Right, right. That that's at least my head Yeah, (laughs) and there has to be that interaction with Naru because she obviously decapitated. Yeah. Uh, and you know, had its head as the trophy, so they obviously have to collect that as well. Yeah, right, right, right. So yeah. then, in exchange, for, I don't know, she might yeah. get some cool combi stick or something. That would be. <laughs> but she does have the cut clamp. Yeah, the cut which clamp. cuts my leg off, which cuts my leg off too. It's true. We both have our legs cut. Yeah. Off. Did you notice when my leg got chopped <laughs> off? It's a little hard. A thick everything. 
Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that stunt, I had to do a stunt for that, and it hurt a lot. Talk us through it. I was crashing on wood chips. So basically, I show up one day, and I see on the call sheet, Raphael stunt double. And I'm like looking around, where is this Raphael stunt double? Nobody looks like me. Nobody's dressed like me. And they're like, okay, Bennett. All right, so for the, we're going to do a little stunt. You're going to be running in the U. I shoot the gun, and then I turn, and I... And then I get my leg chopped off, right? So Steve, the stunt coordinator, is is walking me through this. And so he's changing my directions as suits for what the Predator is doing. He's doing this intense fight with a bunch of trappers. So my 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 banana that I'm running in keeps changing and it keeps changing. And it changes so much that I'm running and I'm missing the pads and I'm falling on the ground. And I kept doing I did that about three or four times. And then I was like, oh, God, should I say something? Should I say something? Because if I said something, it would mean they dig up all these pads and it would huh. slow down production. And in my head, you know, really wanting this role and not being a diva, I was just like, I can't say anything. Finally, it got to the point. I was like, I have to say something. I remember telling you guys about that. And you're you like, have yeah, to say something. Yeah. To say something. Just do it. Do it. Egg involved. You hurt yourself. And you can't finish the movie, yeah. and then we'll have to wait longer to go back to our family. And it wasn't a problem. They just got some guys to dig it up, put it over there. When I got hit in the head with a rock, um, in that scene, you know when I got hit in the head with a rock? Yes. It was like a stubby that grabbed me, that like slowly cushioned my head, because I was like, I'll just, I'm on my knees, I'll fall onto my back. And then somebody ran out of the woods and cap and cradled me to the ground like a baby. So how, did, how did you get that. hit by the rock? What, what? Nehru hits me with the rock. When I when oh. I go like I'm at the right. falls drinking, and then she's like, uh, she just comes and hits me in the head with a rock. Yes, yes, yes. When I hit, it, yeah. I'm literally on my knees, falling on my. I'm not like flying through the air, and somebody cap, cap, like caught me, and I was like, thank you, like <laughs> thank you for treating me like a nice soft baby. Wow. <laughs> It's wonderful. It's, it's funny how like little innocuous things like me falling after getting my leg cut off and you getting hit by the rock, things that we wouldn't really notice on film were such you know technical things on the yeah. day. Yeah. What would you say are the most difficult scenes? You obviously talked that one, Bennett, about you falling. Were there other scenes that you find that were extremely difficult to film? No, I found well, I read the script a lot. It was a really, really well written script, and mostly what they wrote made it on. So it was super not hard to um, execute. Yeah. It was really well written. And then you just went and you did your thing. And then they were like, that's great. Like, like obviously smoking cigars sucks. I don't know. I used to smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke anything anymore. They gave me like marshmallow, uh, non-tobacco cigars. Yeah. And it gave me and Nelson like a massive headache for like a day. Oh, God. So that I went back to tobacco. And then, like, you know what I mean? That was the hardest thing. Like, seriously, seriously like, smoking a cigar all the time sucked. Yeah. So, well, you could have gone the Viper, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but it, that, that was the hardest thing I had to do. I was just like, oh, yeah, if, if, if he had a vape, that would have been good. Like, ah! Messi, <laughs> messi! Oh, mon vapor! Mon vapor! It was kind of crazy. Like, and being that... Uh, rageful was hard. Um, the hard thing too was it was also I don't, I don't know if this is like uh, interesting topic, but like in Canada, we just found out a lot of like residential schools um, where like there was basically like um, uh, First Nations children were taken away from their families and then kind of like reeducated and stuff. And then while we were shooting this movie, they were finding like um, like bodies and graves of like children that were like not undocumented under the so, schools that, under that the schools. this happened in yeah oh, so, so this like was a... something that was coming out so they were finding these corpses underneath these uh sites where they had taken resident uh they had taken first nations kids in canada and yep. then these kids died of you know mistreatment abuse or just disease, general sickness sickness and were and they were found underneath the schools you know and so all this stuff was coming out at this time or just not not necessarily underneath but like in like unmarked in the, in the air, unmarked on, on the, area on school grounds uh, how yeah. far and back it, are we talking about here 19 the 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 last one closed in 1996 yeah so so it's like in our recent history and we've been being told about this uh, like again and again and they had like um like a whole commission in canada called the truth and reconciliation committee that that commission that nobody read we didn't read it like we didn't listen and then only at that point that we were kind of like 
And I'm like, oh, I'm in this, I'm playing a bad guy doing bad guy things to First Nations people. Hopefully I'm I'm doing it justice. Hopefully they want me, they want to see they want to see you slaughtered because of it. Yeah, and hopefully that by cursing through the slaughter of us, we can like maybe yeah. I don't know. Like, but I mean the truth the truth so that was hard. The true the true villains at that time were the the church the was it the, the the church which the Pope recently just came to Canada to apologize to um the First Nations community yeah. that were affected by these uh because they, they they would kidnap children from these tribes. Take them. We had the exact same kind of field down here in Australia as well, where Aboriginals were taken from their families, the children, and they were kind of redirected into yeah, European homes and brought up on European values. So. Wow. It's so wild. It's so, yeah. like, it's, um, and then you kind of live in this world where you're like, this is, I'm Canadian. There's nothing wrong with being Canadian. I'm very proud about being Canadian. Then you're like, oh no, there's stuff to be like, cause like we'd always like kind of look at the States and have like, like a smugness about like, oh, at least we didn't do that. And then we're like, oh, we did do some stuff. So yeah. kind of interesting and neat. And mm-hmm. I was very happy to hang out with the war party and like meet some people. And it was yeah, really cool. The, the actors, uh, the First Nation actors who you see in the film yes. were, it was incredible for me, uh, particularly because at least growing up where I grew up, it, our our groups were very separate. We weren't, I didn't have a lot of friends who, who were from the Squamish nation, which is local to my region. Yeah. And so I, I never knew what it was like growing up in a Canada that you don't feel like it has your best interest in mind. And so, I mean, it was incredible also just to meet them as people because they're incredible people and they were, they're really good friends, you know? Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I still look forward to seeing them there. It was hilarious how like, we were like so antagonistic against each other in the movie, but like all at the hotel, we're like, Hey, yeah, hey what's up, buddy? <laughs> We're all in the same hotel, right? So and yeah. we couldn't say what we were doing. So like all of a sudden they're like, What what is this movie? We couldn't yeah. like it was all oh, really was like, nice staff and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you guys were like segregated, you didn't until after the well, alpha party guys. Did the, other actors, the other actors in the movie knew what we were doing, but yeah. all like the staff and all, like they're all just wondering, like, why are there all, like suddenly all these like natives and all of a sudden all these like hairy like white dudes very white dudes yeah coming in yeah what is this why are there like why is there a couple of seven feet tall guys walking around but yeah it was great it was great to get to know stormy and harlan and sky and corvin and dakota and amber and and also oh yeah cody Cody big tobacco there's a fella named uh cody big tobacco and he was participating in the in the in the big rodeo that happens in calgary at the time yeah he just he just cleaned up cleaning up and and yeah it was incredible it was like he's like a real deal like horse dude and like lasso dude and stuff you know and he's like he's the he's the guy you see he gets his legs chopped off he gets spears to the stump and then he gets his you know yeah, he copped, he copped it a fair bit, that poor. Yeah, I know who you talked about. It. Yeah. Oh, and then, of course, a Tymon. Tymon also yeah. was great. He's Tymon. the guy who gets his head chopped off. Uh, with, with the shield? Yeah, with the shield. Yeah, with the shield. shield. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. That was a pretty he cool stuff. Like, well. Yeah, he, we played a lot of chess with him. He was super into chess. And he would just sit in the lobby sometimes and just play chess on the computers. Oh, I think about chess. Yeah. Did you guys notice there were any Easter eggs, hints that the general public haven't really picked up on yet? When I cut uh, Dakota, it's the same cut as when Billy cuts himself. Yes. So it's the exact same. And it was great because like I had actually already done a, a movie where like he got like blood running through your arm in like a tube and it comes out the end of the blade. And then they're like, Mike, when you because like I was in a movie called Crawler, which is like about a bulldozer that gets a demon in it. And then I have to cut my own throat because I got like moss growing all over my body. So I had already cut my own throat with one of those things. So I was like, watch this. I'm going to do this in one take. And we did it in one take. And it was pretty great. Wow. And we had a really good, obviously, like, um, Maiko, who was doing, like, special effects, was, like, really good. And so when Mo gave me the the blade, she's like, this is how we do it. I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. And then you just cut, and then, like, blood comes out. And then uh, Dakota, like, whooped at me. And every time they whoop, it was, like, super scary, too. Um, but I couldn't show it. You know, it was very fun. Like, it was, a, I had, like, a lot of layers going on. I was very mad. But also trying to show the fear all the time. So when yeah. people are screaming at me, I'm like, I'm not afraid, you know, like inside, but like trying to 
make that happen. But that's a real Easter egg right there. I, I can think of some. You guys are talking about Raphael before I show up. In the background, you can hear like the trappers talking, and they're like Raphael, Raphael. That's, I was talking about hear that like, a little bit. Yeah. The way they translated it, the translators said, um, "Oh, really?" Yeah, the translators say, "Ush, oh, I'm going to make her my new girlfriend." But what I am saying is, I'm going to make him my new boyfriend, my new girlfriend. <laughs> I'm like, look at that hair on Raphael. Ah. I'm going to bring him to my tent. He looks like a woman. You know, like we were just like being bad people. It, did you know that, Bennett? That that he was saying yeah, that? It was, it was complete. In, in, while I was in character, I was really like upset in character. They take it after at the pub. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm like about to go talk to Nauru. And we're talking about, yeah, we're just trying to be bad. We're trying to be heels. You know, we're trying to be bad people. In, in one in one line, I think they probably mistranslated it. I say "espasjak" <laughs> when I'm pushing Nelson aside. I because he has a and I gave him a name there. I said "espasjak." So what, what does that mean? So space. Uh, give me space, and his name is Jacques. All so, right, space Jacques. But so Nelson Wax Mustache was a uh, Jacques Easter egg. <laughs> well, there you he, go. Kept, <laughs> he kept trying to give me a name. The other trappers are like, hey, what's your name? I'm like, first name Big, last name Beard. I don't have a name. I'm Big Beard. Don't give me a name. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to be, I want to be Big Beard. That's it. The whole mystery about you, your characters, like there was no backstory. That's what made us so mysterious and so fucking awesome at the same time. You can swear if you like, don't worry. It's a, it's a. <laughs> oh yeah, certainly. <laughs> I think I've already sworn a couple. You can't, yeah. yeah. You can't yeah, stop yeah, swearing. Yeah. You can, well, it's all right. I did uh I did get a lot of religious tattoos up my arms because I felt like um, yeah, that's right. I made sure that I had the um the power of the Catholic Church to take everything from the land that I wanted to, yeah, and end any life that I wanted to. And I would like put on these tattoos and I'd be like, Yes, oh, <laughs> like I have the power that has been given to me by the religion. <laughs> like it was very fun. It was and that could have been an interesting spin-off right there, right? Like you turning into a French He-Man. It was it was pretty much like that. Every time I put the tattoos on, something would come over me and I would just kind of be like, Oh, things are happening here. <laughs> and it's such a weird thing because when you're doing violence and stuff, you can't like because like there's method actors and then there's people who are like but you can't be, you have to be a gentleman. There's like hundreds of people, thousands of people working on these things. So you can't be like a murderous bastard the whole time. But like at a certain point, I got to put the the big beard inside me and do some murder. So yeah. like I kind of had like a, like an emotion that would get me there. And it was rage that <laughs> masks fear. And I would just go rage that mass fear. And then I would just be there. And then someone would ask me a question and I'd be like, what? you know, like, and be like, somebody would be asking me a question, like, oh, Mike, we're not ready to go. And I'm like, no problem. We're all, we're all just regular people here. You should, and, uh, you should like, include the sports in there. That, that, was, that little, was really. That was quite intense. It was very fun. And when I had to do the reshoots of uh, like the re of the um, redo my voice over stuff. And I was like, just a second. It's not easy uh, being a murderer and being a professional dude at the same time. I just need a second. Oh, God, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, you know, like they make you like scream and yell. And um, they were like, um, don't uh, save your voice. Save Because like I would give Amber stuff off screen or like the Predator stuff off screen kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like, save your voice, save your voice. And I was like, no, I got a Ricola. I'll be fine. And I didn't lose my voice. So I was lucky. So. I'm like knocking on wood, but I didn't lose my voice. So it was cool. Were there any scenes that were cut out that you wish stayed yeah. in there? I mean, I, I know for a fact, there are some things that were cut out. Uh, for example, Amber was the originally the one who said, if it bleeds, I can kill it in yeah. our scene when we were talking, when I'm uh, translating what she says, she was one, she was the person who said it first. I'd be like, you think you can kill this beast? And she'd be like, if it bleeds, I can kill it. But then they switched that, I guess, in reshoots when they gave it to Tabe. And they gave it to Tabe. Another thing that was cut out was Tabe's original death. He didn't do, he wasn't doing that whole cool thing he does where he's like, he know, he can feel the predator's presence coming up behind him and he knows he has to die in order for her to be able to kill it. 
um because he knows that he seems like the biggest pre- threat to the predator mm-hmm. so instead of that he was just like kind of like oh where is he and then it was a surprise before uh, yeah and i know that because i i was lying on the ground in during that scene. I had, to, I had to be I had to be dead for continuity. So they kept every time they killed Tabe, uh every uh take they killed Tabe, I was lying on the ground and he dropped his bow on my face and <laughs> it's like, it, was a whole it was a great week. I spent a whole week dead. Uh dead on the hey, ground. Trying to slowly was, breathe out so they see your chest popping up and down and exactly yeah yeah exactly that. I, I meant I just hung out with the stunt guys who were in that fight scene that you see in the camp. Yeah. And so we were all dead together. We were just lying on the ground. It was a blast. <laughs> I played a lot of Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was when we weren't filming. <laughs> I was surprised because I've done a, a lot of movies where all my stuff gets cut out. And I was just like, oh man, that, that made it too. What? That's there? What? Like in the theater, I was like, wow, everything's in there. Yeah. You know, funnily enough, the one thing that I was so surprised that they kept all of, they kept most of was. My scene with Amber when I'm explaining to her how to use the gun. Did I tell you that story? No. Take the powder and put it in the gun. Not too little, not too much. And then what? Then you take the ball and the gloves, put it in the gun. After that, take the stick you see there. You put in the gun three, four times. Yes. Last thing. It's okay. Maybe. Well, so on the day. By oh, the way, yes. Yeah. I know this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so stressful. It was so stressful. So so Dan Trachtenberg is a very strange director in a lot of ways. He's very non-traditional, right? How he so? had a lot of collaboration with the actors. Yeah. yeah. He would he would collaborate a lot with the actors and, and accept ideas that a lot of directors would not accept. I, or, I, I, directors love accepting ideas oh yeah yeah but he was very like open to ideas is what i'm trying to right convey. yeah so for example so when it was my time to to do the scene with uh amber and the gun it was completely different on paper like i think the the scene was something like i i it was like more of a trade like she gives me some water i show her this and this and this and the gun but it wasn't really thought out on how to use the gun so he decided he's like okay we got to figure out how you're gonna teach her how to use the gun so uh, however you can do that just you know we'll do that on on the day so we broke for lunch and i was like i guess he just wants me to improvise right so i wrote myself some lines in my trailer of like the the steps on how to use the gun and um we just came back from lunch we were in the van i was in the van with amber and I was like, uh, here's what I wrote. And she was like, okay, uh, that seems good. I'm like, you can say things here, here, and here. She's like, okay. She, she's like, let's run it. So we ran it. She's like, that seems good. And that's what I did. And I, I remember at some at one point I'm doing the scene and after we're, we're breaking and I'm looking at the script that I wrote for myself and the script supervisor comes around my shoulder and takes a picture of it. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess this is like, this is I, it. <laughs> And it all it all stayed there. And you were crazy. so jazzed afterwards. Yeah, you were like that was really intense. But like, if you're not a read on the wind, ready to like do whatever the movie, because the movie's a monster, and it yeah. just it just takes you where it goes. And you got to be ready. It was incredible to see her use the line "not too little, not too much." When yeah, she yeah. And, and she says oh, it again. Right, that's your line. <laughs> I made that up. You know, so that was really cool. That was really great. You know, this is the thing with, with the whole Predator franchise. Like, people will watch this for generations, right? So that line would live for eternity. Remember that. <laughs> it's an honor. It's really an honor. Yeah, I keep, like, I need grandchildren to tell about this movie. Oh. You know, I have some young children. I'm sure they'll appreciate it at some point. Yes. But yeah. I knew, I knew oh, just tell some random that. children. <laughs> just rock up to a primary school. Just tell some random kids. Yeah! <laughs> I to your go, parents local, i'll be in the local high school being like hey have you seen predator uh <laughs> you have to go in your, in your full <laughs> costume though yeah yeah <laughs> with a heavy I french accent were, the costumes were amazing the the lady stephanie who made uh i don't even know her last name but she was really good and then uh i had a bear on my costume and then i said uh you know bears normally have two children 
can I have a family of bear skulls on my costume, please? And then they got the 3D printer out and they started like making molds. And then I had two little baby bears. <laughs> uh, so I had a whole family of bears. Just so emphasize, just emphasize the said, fact that you're a real asshole. <laughs> to this, yeah, to this wonderful Hollywood costume designer who does all kinds of like, like she did Wonder Woman and like other like amazing things. And then I was like, "What if you had a family of bears?" And they're like, "Yes, yes." And then all of a sudden, I had more bears, I had little tiny baby bear skulls. Were the skulls around your waist? Where or, or on, where? on the bag. On, on the bag, bag itself. Yep. Okay. In the bag with like, you know, guns and knives, powder, powder, balls. Oh. Yeah, lots of balls. Were there scenes that you would have liked to have been included that weren't filmed at all or kind of an angle that the story could have gone differently? I would have really loved my take it line to be in there. That would have been cool. I would have yeah. loved to incorporate that into the thing. I I am super satisfied with everything that Big yeah. Bear did. I'm I'm satisfied too. <laughs> I I am so like I've not been this satisfied with the performance and the way like it's crazy. Like I used to like really be like ah I could have been better. Like yeah I've done a lot of weird movies. I've done a lot of B movies. You know what I mean? And you're like ah oh, that that ice cream man. Like I did like an ice cream man that was a zombie and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, ah, oh, it could have been more. That was pretty good. But, like, this whole thing was just so satisfying to me. And, like, all of the the little gags I want. Like, at a certain point, like, you know, when they're all looking at the, um, the they're, like, looking at the gauntlet. And we all get in. And then I see the gauntlet and I escape. And I make my, I was trying to do Homer Simpson going into <laughs> back in the bush. And Dan Trachtenberg was very happy with that. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing that meme. He's like, oh, then that meme might become another meme. That's great. And then I was like, yep. So like, let, let me, I'll, I'll try, um, I'll go over the movie and I'll grab a GIF of it and see if we can make it into a meme. We'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, oh, that'd be amazing. I need somebody to do that. If you know how to do GIFs, you call them GIFs? Yeah, we call them GIFs. Australia. What do you guys call them? We call them GIFs, bro. GIFs. Yeah, we call them GIFs. Well, gifs. I do. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. Like... You probably call them gifs because he's in Australia. Like yeah. the whole like. Yeah, I think a lot of people call it gifs though. It's like it's like a data data sort of thing. Could be. It's data. Is it data or data? Oh, da we call it data. Well, I call it data data. We call it data here. I call it yeah. I call it data. It's like we France. Call it France. Data after the character on on Star Trek, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's like how, how do you guys say roof? You go roof or roof? Roof. 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 Okay. Roof. Okay. Americans yeah. say roof. roof. How do you say roof? How do you say roof? We say roof. Roof. Oh, roof. Okay. How do you say route? Route. Right. Yeah. Root. No, we say root. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. I say root. I, I say route because I always associate root with sex. So I, that's all I put oh, it no, down. That's true. Like a root. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Australian slang, we, we say root means a shag. Oh. Or maybe I'm using another. So sex. So, would you like to have a root? I'm like, going for a root. You know. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be teaching you guys Aussie 101 here now, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have a route. <laughs> hey, it's, all, it's a learning experience. I love it. It's all just terrible. <laughs> well, I, I've been married for a long time, so uh, I don't do a lot of rooting anymore. <laughs> I open got the GPS for that, so you can always keep the address in. <laughs> That's exactly exactly. So, what are you guys working on at the moment? What what new projects are there for you guys? Oh well, so we have a trappers chat on our on our on Messenger. No, not Messenger. It's on. We have a text chat. Yeah, we have a text chain with uh, the four trappers who were bonded through this three month Calgary experience. Yeah, and so uh, hopefully we can come to a convention near you and sign some photos, which would be really fun. And mostly just so we can hang out together again. I'll say a place. That would be <laughs> awesome. Proper panel. Yeah. That would be super cool. <laughs> but other than well, that, I don't have any work really yeah. coming up. Well, hopefully something. This show is so big. Hopefully something uh, land for you very, very soon. Video game. I'm in a video game called uh, Roller Champions right Ubisoft now. Ubisoft game. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so that's pretty worldwide. That's good. I just did a Renault Assistance commercial. <laughs> so if you need to, uh, in the Montreal area, 
or in the Quebec or Canadian. Yeah, I, I did a commercial and stuff. And yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, things will happen. I still do stand up all the time. Like I'm a stand up comedian. Do you guys travel much to Australia? I have been down here before. No, but if I do, I will look you up. You definitely <laughs> have to, right? We've got to go out for a few beers and uh, show a shrimp, nice. uh, throw a shrimp on the barbie. Oh, and I'd love to plug my YouTube channel. Uh, yes, absolutely. Ben Tayman. Ben Tayman. A lot more Pokemon unboxing videos coming out on YouTube right now. So yeah, I need to. <laughs> is, is that <laughs> you think your Pokemon or? <laughs> well, yeah, opening Pokemon cards. Yeah. Oh no way, no way. My daughter, uh, she went through phases of opening things, and that was. She did that for a whole year and like it nearly got me bankrupt. So it's oh, no. continuously just buying Pokemon cards for her to open up. So I figured like you best watch the YouTube channels. So I'm I'm happy to to get her to watch that. So yeah, it's a it's a lot better of living vicariously than owning a bunch of cards. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, storage. Exactly. Nah, nah. Thank you so much, you guys. Pokemon tournament and then unveil some really good powers. Oh, that was another tournament. I, I did. I went to uh, Pokemon Regionals uh, this year, and I got it was my first Pokemon tournament, and I got destroyed. Uh, oh, utterly! Oh, every single match I lost. The only matches I won were people who didn't show up. You <laughs> <So, laughs> maybe do a, a Pokemon Predator version that just oh, kind of. Oh, that would be so good. I I want to be the predator of Pokemon. I want to hunt them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just ah! just rip decapitate and rip out their spine. You know, where their skulls. Give him as a trophy. That would, that's the goal, to be yeah. the predator of Pokemon cards. Oh, uh, awesome, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. From dude. Awesome, bro. Thanks, Evan. Yeah. Likewise. Take care, guys. Throughout this podcast the films discussed and audio played are the property of their respective owners and and no infringement is intended. Be sure to like and subscribe to iHeartBeamovers because if you don't, I have a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you subscribe now that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will haunt you.